Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. All right, welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. Bonus app after the Patriots just finish up their final preseason game of the year, which, by the way, just slightly on the preseason stuff. I wish there was four games. I understand why there's not, but it just feels like there's been momentum now to have these guys play less and less. And we didn't see much of the Patriots starters until tonight. And it wasn't pretty. So let's start right there. They were not ready to play out of the gate. And there's no excuse for that. The Raiders are not playing their starters. The Patriots are, and the Patriots are not ready to go. Offensively, you have a three and out to start the game. Two negative plays after an eight yard pickup. And defensively, (laughs) Jared Stidham is carving up the Patriots defense on the opening drive. And look, I really don't give a shit that they've been in Vegas all week long. It's been a long week. I understand that. They've been stuck out there and all this doing the joint practices. But just show up. We know the preseason has not been good for this team in general with some of the storylines. So at least put a good product out there in your final game of the preseason. The only game where the starters were going to get extended time and you're doing it against backup. So before we get into some of the personnel stuff and Mac Jones, et cetera, that needs to be addressed. And I do wonder if that is sort of a leadership thing with this team. The fact that you didn't show up, you have to look at the guys that are the leaders of this group. And this isn't the core of the Super Bowl teams from a couple of years ago. Now you have some holdovers, the Devin McCourty's of the world, the Matthew Slater's of the world, but Matthew Slater as the special teams captain can only do so much. McCourty's aging. He can only do so much from a defensive perspective. And you look at the offense. Who's really the leader of the offense right now? I get it. Mac Jones is the quarterback, but he's entering year two. Who's the guy after Mac? Is it David Andrews, the center of the team? Because even if you go back to the Brady era, he had Edelman at the end. And Edelman was an incredible leader. And you just wonder if they need somebody offensively to hold everybody accountable that's not a second-year quarterback or isn't the center, David Andrews. So that shit pissed me off tonight that they just weren't ready to play because this reminded me sort of of the end of last season where the Patriots had so many games where 
right out of the gate, they'd give up an opening drive touchdown to Josh Allen, and then to be a three and out or an interception on the other side of things. After the bye week, the Patriots just were not ready to play football games. I still have no idea the reason behind that. Remember, they were referencing the fact that they had less time off than everybody else because they played on the following Saturday rather than the following Sunday, so they didn't have a true bye week like everybody else in the league did. It made no sense to me whatsoever. But tonight's effort, that's what it reminded me of. They sort of felt like a team that felt sorry for themselves out of the gate. I don't know if it's because they've been in Vegas all week, but that effort at the beginning of the game was just unacceptable. All right, so I do want to get to some takeaways from the game. So let's start with Mac. He did not look particularly good in this game. Now, if you look at some of the raw numbers, 9 for 13, 71 yards, okay, that's okay, but he had a horrible interception and he was sacked twice. So let's get into some of those issues, and I'll start with the interception there on the second drive. You're actually starting to get something going. A couple of nice Stevenson runs after Mac picked up the first down himself with his legs, which that was a positive for sure. Mac Jones scrambling, and he does look a little bit faster. I mean, losing the gut certainly helped Mac Jones tonight. I mean, he's not as loose in the cage anymore. So, But the interception, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. That was just horrible. I mean, it looked like he was just completely lost, and he gets off platform. He clearly doesn't see the linebacker, Masterson. He's looking for Bourne. He actually had an opportunity earlier in the play to go over the middle and pick up the first down. He didn't see that initially, so he's scrambling out to his right, and we all know that Mac Jones is not particularly good when he gets outside the pocket. He tries to scramble, and he can't make those type of off-platform throws. He's not Pat Mahomes, and he's not Aaron Rodgers. He just doesn't have that skill set. Now, his arm strength, we all know that it's improved in the offseason, but he still is not capable of making that throw, and he's got to be better in those particular situations. And really, this is something that goes back to last season with Mac. And like I said, he was not good tonight. This doesn't mean he's going to have a bad season. I'm not overreacting to one preseason game, but that is something that he struggled with last year. If you go back to last season, when he had two and a half or more seconds, his completion percentage was 58.7%. When he had two and a half seconds or less, it was at 76.6%. So that's a massive difference. And it sort of happens with Mac where he kind of panics, right? It's almost like a computer freezes. When Mac Jones' first, second read, when he can't process everything quickly, well, I'm not saying he can't process everything quickly. That's a bad way to phrase it. But when he processes things quickly and it's not available, that's where Mac Jones really needs to struggle. So there's got to be some sort of adjustment from Mac when it comes to that. But a couple of negative plays for sure. And you look at the negated touchdown to Parker after that, which... I really, by the way, just a side note on the Parker negated touchdown. I really hope they don't call that shit during the season because Parker is going to need that. We all know that he's a contested catch guy. He's a rebounder type receiver. He's not a guy that separates very easily. He's a big body dude. He's going to have to need that ability to be able to at least use his hands a little bit. I didn't care for that call. But nonetheless, after that, the Patriots, of course, get backed up. And then Mac Jones on that third down. Again, first, second read not there. He kind of panics and he just spins out to his left and he gets sacked. And that wasn't Trent Brown's fault. That was Mac Jones's fault. Trent Brown's blocking his guy. He's going up the field and Mac just spins into the defender. That kind of stuff just cannot happen from Mac Jones. And we saw it a couple of times tonight when he had to sort of create a little bit of extra time or he had to wait for some receivers to uncover. It ordinarily doesn't go well for Mac. A couple of things I did like from Mac, though. I referenced picking up the first down with his legs. (laughs) That was great to see. And here's the thing. The Patriots are going to see a lot of that, right? Because of the fact not seeing Mac run all the time, but 
they're going to see a lot of man coverage because as much as I am higher on the receivers than most people, it's not as if across the league, people are looking at the Patriots receivers and they're scared of them, right? So they'll be able to man the Patriots receivers up. So that means the defensive backs, their backs are turned to Mac Jones. Occasionally, he's going to have to mix that in. So I like the fact that he went out there and he actually picked that up. Oh, first play of the game. That was another big thing to me. So I love that. They went back to the exact same play they ran in the last preseason game. It's a backside slant to Parker for eight yards. Mac puts it right on him. It wasn't as accurate last week, but that's another thing where you just look at Parker using his body and Matt taking advantage of him. Clearly, there's a chemistry and there's a confidence there. Also love the pass to Hunter Henry, where he did get out to his right. This was an example of the stuff I was talking about earlier, where he panicked when he had more time in the pocket. This time he gets outside the pocket, makes a very nice play to Hunter Henry. And we all know from last year, those guys have a really good chemistry. So that was nice to see a nice ball from Max. So definitely some good in there. It's just about cleaning up that crap when he has more time in the pocket. It's almost like he just, for whatever reason, it's almost as if he panics there, which hopefully in year two, that's something that he can make an adjustment to because tonight that was concerning, especially considering it's not even like you were going up against the ones for the Raiders if you were Mac Jones. You were going up against a bunch of scrubs. We're not talking about Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. You shouldn't have been that panicky when you're playing a team like the Raiders. But obviously, some good there, some bad there for Mac Jones. If I was going to give him a grade on this game, I'd give him about a D plus because, quite frankly, you're going up against a backup unit. you got to be better than that. All right, a lot more to get into, including one thing I did really like about Mac. I want to get to that one other portion of the equation and one big concern going forward for the offense in general. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, welcome back into Off the Pike bonus app as we react to everything that happened tonight in the preseason game for the Patriots. The preseason now over. So a couple of other takeaways I wanted to get into. I did like the chemistry that Mac had with some of the receivers. As much as I was disappointed with Mac and his presence at times, he does have a confidence with some of these guys now. You look, we mentioned Parker on the backside slant, but the jump ball to Parker as well, that ultimately, yeah, it was negated, but some back shoulder chemistry with the receiver. The Patriots didn't really have that last year with Mac Jones. The guys that he had the most chemistry with were Bourne and Hunter Henry but not like with Parker in terms of the back shoulder throws, which I really liked. And I like Mac being aggressive with Devontae Parker. Clearly, those two guys have put a lot of work in in terms of the offseason and in training camp where Mac has that confidence to throw it up to Devontae Parker. And that was my one concern about the Parker signing. Would Mac have that confidence? And clearly he does, which is a really good sign. 
Oh, and how about this? Now, this is really nice to see. How about a Kendrick Bourne sighting? Now, that's what I wanted to see because Kendrick Bourne, nice four-yard pickup, nice 12-yard pickup, and Bourne, remember, this guy has been completely MIA in training camp, completely MIA. Nobody knows what the hell happened to Kendrick Bourne. I have been saying for months that this is going to be the breakout receiver for the Patriots. I love the way that Kendrick Bourne plays, and he has just been atrocious during the training camp. Remember, he got kicked out of practice. He's getting into fights. He's getting uniform violations. So to see this from Kendrick Bourne was good. Now, he had a good week in Vegas as well. That should be noted. So maybe we're getting Kendrick Bourne back. And maybe because I'm so take committed to the breakout season for Kendrick Bourne. I mean, partially this is about me, that I want to see the breakout for Kendrick Bourne. But just seeing the juice from Kendrick Bourne where he plays with so much emotion, he was fired up after the 12-yard pickup, and it brought a type of energy last year to the offense. And I just want to see more of that. And at least we did tonight because you go back to some of the stuff with Bourne last year, seven yak per reception. I mean, this guy was incredible when he got the ball in his hands and the Patriots really outside of Bourne. If you look at their weapons, yeah, John o. Smith can do it a little bit from a tight end perspective, but I'm not counting on John o. Smith being a consistent player, but with a guy like Bourne, he did it all season long last year. And the Patriots don't really have a guy like Bourne. Meyer's more of a chain mover, not going to do much after the catch. Parker, we talked about him in terms of just a jump ball type of guy. So, and Thornton, of course, injured to begin the season. Aglow more of get down the field. But Bourne is that one yak monster, which really works well with Max. I was really happy to see Kendrick Bourne look good. And he hit Aglor in a nice crossing route as well, which is good to see because all the reporting and all the stuff about Aglor and training camp has been, he's had a really good camp. And you could see tonight, he looked good. He looked comfortable in the offense, even though he didn't have great numbers or anything along those lines, but you're not going to react to numbers in the preseason. But it was good to see Aglor look more comfortable in the offense. All right, so let's get to the scheme in general. I didn't see any issues with the play calling or anything like that with Patricia. But one issue that you did see is, and remember, this is something they've been working on all training camp. You saw some real trouble with those outside zone runs. So the first two, they lost four yards, remember, on the opening drive with Stevenson. And then they had a holding penalty on win on the second outside zone run. So this is the stuff that they've been implementing all training camp long, and it doesn't look good in the first preseason game or I should say the third preseason game, really the first extended time for the starters. I know they played a little bit last week, but this is a concern because we're not going to see them again until the beginning of the season. And you just look at that line in general, and you did feel like coming into the year. Now, Shaq Mason, of course, out of the picture, but you still felt like you had a pretty good group. But just a slight digression to the Shaq Mason thing. I still don't know what the fuck Bill was doing from a value perspective. If you want to move on from Mason, okay. But to only get a fifth round pick back for that guy, he was your highest rated player on pro football focus last year. And all you got back for this guy was a fifth round draft pick just from a value standpoint here. That's an unacceptable deal for Belichick. But nonetheless, you still felt like this team was going to be pretty good from an offensive line perspective. At least I did. Maybe I'm an idiot for thinking that, but at least I thought they were going to be decent. I didn't think coming into the season that that would be a concern for this team. But you look on that first drive, it ends with a sack from Coots on Wynn, and Mac did not help on that particular play, but Wynn got beat. Second drive, you have the on one you holding penalty that we alluded to, and then Mac was sacked again when Wynn was beat by Bauer. And Wynn has been a disappointment ever since he's been drafted, but there has been speculation, like, could they trade Wynn? The problem is you don't have anybody else to play there. Like, Wynn is the best of the worst right now. I don't know how you can move on from Isaiah Wynn. Now, unfortunately, I'm saying this, but that's just the reality of where the team's at. But the conclusion I drew sort of from a scheme perspective 
the weapons are fine. The weapons look really good for the Patriots. I'm not telling you that they're the Cincinnati Bengals or something along those lines or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from a weapon perspective, but the receivers, the tight ends, they look fine to me. In fact, Jonu Smith looks more comfortable in the offense as well, but the line has taken a massive step back, and that's obviously a huge concern. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm wondering if Matt Patricia is wearing too many hats. He's calling the plays, and he has to deal with the offensive line. That's a lot to ask somebody to do on game day. And because Dante Scarnecchia is not part of the equation anymore, Billy Yates is like the assistant line coach, but he doesn't have a ton of experience. It's almost like they've screwed themselves from an offensive line perspective in terms of coaching these guys up. And you need Matt Patricia in more places than one. It's crazy to think this way, but he's vital to the team right now. And it feels like you're stretching it thin, having him do all these different things, right? And you look at the line last season. This was a real strength of the Patriots. Pass block grade via pro football focus was 10th, 71.2. Their run block grade was 79.3, which was eighth. And the run game in general, 91.2 grade, which was third. So that line was really a major factor for the success the Patriots did have last year. And right now it's not close to that. And it's a major thing going into the season. The personnel does not look great. Cole Strange is still getting his feet wet. He got blown over at one point tonight. So all in all, that to me is the biggest concern with the team right now. We've talked about a lot of different things, the play calling. I'm not as concerned about the play calling as actually the offensive line. And I get it. It's probably been more difficult on them than anybody else, right? Because they're in a situation right now where they're learning a new blocking scheme, if you will, all these outside zone runs, which have not been going well. We saw it on display tonight. And the other component to this is just with Mac Jones, it's so important to keep this guy clean. I told you about how he panics sometimes when he has extended time in the pocket. Mac last year, when he was kept clean, completed 71.9% of his passes. When he was under pressure, 53.7%. So that is an issue going into the season if you can't protect Mac, because Mac Jones isn't one of these type of quarterbacks that we know can extend plays. I did want to get to the defense. As we mentioned off the top, the first drive was flat out embarrassing. There's no excuse for how they started out this game. Duggar bit hard on a play fake that allowed the big play down the field. Now, he did make a nice stuff. I give him credit for bouncing back on that drive. He made a nice stuff on third and two to make sure that the Raiders didn't get into the end zone. They had to settle for the field goal. But then on the second drive, Jalen Mills on the touchdown there on the run to the outside. He's got to contain there. Instead, he comes inside, allows a walk-in touchdown. That crap can't happen. Now, Mills has had a really good camp. He's penciled in as the Patriots' number one corner. It's just a hiccup there. But it, again, comes back to the original thought of the way they open the game, quite frankly, unacceptable. And two of your guys that you're relying on, Duggar fucked up, and so did Jalen Mills on the first two drives of the game. That cannot happen from two of the guys that you're really depending on this season. One big thing from a positive note was Jack Jones. Holy crap, that guy just flies around. Two absolutely huge hits. But man, you got to like the way this guy, and I know they've had concerns about his coverage coming in from the collegiate level, but man, he plays with a lot of energy. I like this guy. He was all over the place lighting guys up. But to me, with this group in particular, in terms of how they're going to succeed, it's going to be about Judon and it's going to be about Barmore. Those two guys have got to be the best two players on your defense. You're going to need Mills to be good, obviously. But with Judon, remember, last four games of last season, he went MIA. Just one tackle for loss, no quarterback hits, zero sacks, four pressures in the final four games. And you look at the first 13 games, 13 tackles for loss, so one per game. He had won the final four games of the season, as we mentioned. 25 quarterback hits, so that was almost two per game. And the pressures were at 59. So this guy was all over the place at the beginning of the season. And then after the bye week, for the majority of the season, I should say, but after the bye week, he just went 
MIA. So they're going to need the good Matthew Judon for the majority of the season where he was playing at a really high level. And it was part of the reason that that offseason was so good for Bill prior to the bye week. We were going crazy about it because you found your franchise quarterback in Mac Jones and you found a guy that, hey, maybe one day he can compete for a defensive player of the year candidate. Now, maybe he's never going to get there, but at least play at a Pro Bowl level like he did last year. He did not the final month of the season. So that's something that you got to depend on going forward is just the presence of Judon and then Barmore. Guy's a fucking beast. I mean, we saw it last year. Final eight games, this guy was a terror. 20 quarterback hurries, 25 pressures. And if you just look at it in terms of last season, he was best among rookie defensive linemen in terms of his pro football focus grade. He was 18th with all defensive tackles, and he was 10th in pressures among all defensive tackles. So that's a guy that you're really going to need to take a step forward because as much as we look at a guy like Jalen Mills, who's had a really good camp, and you look at Jonathan Jones, who's had a really good camp, and two years ago, that guy was outstanding. He was eighth among cornerbacks in pro football focuses coverage grade. So as much as you like what those guys have shown you, it still feels like, obviously, we all know those guys aren't elite cornerbacks, so you're going to need your pass rush to be really good. And that comes down to Judon on the outside and Barmore up front as well. All right, we do have to get to the injuries real quick because Montgomery, who they really liked in training camp, very versatile guy, can do a bunch of different things. He goes down and it looked ugly, got carted off. The Patriots ruled him out for the night with an ankle injury, needed help getting off the field. And obviously that's a concern because of what he had given you in training camp. Now, the one thing that I would say that I hope happens because of this, I hope Montgomery's okay and all that, but that this means more Stevenson and Stevenson had some really nice runs tonight, but you go back to last year and it almost feels like his season gets underrated because of the fact that it ended so poorly for the Patriots and McDaniels leaving all that, that became the storyline. But Stevenson was really good last year. He saw eight man boxes over 41% of the time. That was the second most of the NFL. And if you look at some of the stuff on him, 8.3 rush attempts per broken tackle, which was second in the NFL. The next-gen yards per rush over expectation, he was ninth. 4.6 yards per attempt, he was 15th. So all that stuff is good, and we saw that he was a beast. The one thing that I would wonder is, will they start to throw the ball to him more? Because last year, only 18 targets. And remember, Bill talked earlier this week about we're not going to have a traditional third down back like they've had for so many years, the James Whites, the Shane Vereens, the Danny Woodheads. They're going away from that. So my hope is that means they'll throw the ball to Stevenson more because it's not like he has brick hands or anything like this. I believe, quite frankly, what happened is, remember the first game of the season last year, he puts it on the carpet and then Bill benches him. And the other component to this is just in the old McDaniels-Brady offense, you're really concerned about a young back in terms of pass protection. So I'm wondering if that's why they went with the veteran and Brandon Bolden last year over Ramondre Stevenson, just more so they were playing it safe. But I believe there's a lot of upside there with Stevenson as a pass catching back. So if Montgomery, if we're looking at a situation because it didn't look good, I hope what this means going forward is we see a whole lot more Ramondre Stevenson. I know Damian Harris had a really good season as well. But if you're comparing the two players, Stevenson's definitely the more talented back. And I could see a huge breakout season for him. And we all know that the Patriots want to run the ball a ton. That's still sort of the ethos of everything they're trying to do. That's why they come up with the zone blocking scheme, the outside zone blocking scheme, to try to enhance their running game even more. Now, maybe that backfires on them, but Stevenson's the guy, man. This guy is incredibly talented. But bottom line, they have a couple of weeks before the opener. They have a lot of shit to clean up, especially, as we alluded to, on the offensive line, 
the outside zone running scheme. It's something that they got to get after hard. But the one thing that I would just look at just from the outside looking in, we're not going to see them actually play in a game until the opener of the season. And you have to ask yourself if you're Bill Belichick and if you're the coaching staff, are you going to be able to execute some of these new things you're implementing into the offense? Because we saw it tonight in the preseason game against the Raiders where they weren't able to execute the things that they thought would actually help the team. And when they actually were doing the runs that they've been doing for years, they were actually successful running the football. So I do wonder if there is going to be a moment over the next couple of weeks where they look long and hard at this and say, hey, are we trying to do too much here? Are we trying to enhance this thing too much? And are we overthinking it? Because right now, it doesn't look like the offensive line can execute what they want to do. I've told you multiple times, I like the idea of adopting some of those principles from Shanahan and McVay. But right now, you really have to ask yourself the question, do the Patriots have the guys up front and do they have the offensive line coaching to be able to execute it? That's the thing to me. Can they actually coach it up by the time that you get to the season? If this is a couple of years ago and they made this change and they had Skarnekia and Patricia was just a play caller, they would be so much better right now. But Patricia's doing two jobs because Billy Yates is inexperienced. That's where the Patriots are at right now. All right, we'll be back on Sunday with Pat's insider, Kyrie Thompson. We'll get into everything that went on during the preseason and what the expectations should be going into the season. Plus, we'll get back to your voicemails. As always, you can leave us a voicemail, 617-396-7172. Again, that's 617-396-7172. We've really liked these so far. We got a lot of Red Sox fans that are pissed off, and I understand why, but keep those coming. Thanks so much to Jesse Lopez and Steve Cerruti for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in about 48 hours on Sunday. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.